Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Sen is real with David O'Brien and Eric O'Flaherty is on the air now. Welcome back to 755 is Real. I'm David O'Brien, Braves writer at The Athletic, with my co-host, former Braves reliever, Eric O'Flaherty. What's happening, Eric? What's up, Dave? Man, they could have used you last night in that bullpen game. It's You're funny people a- say that to me, and I throw once a week now, and that's sets me back a week. <laughs> you ever, uh, were you ever part of bullpen game? There weren't many of them back in those days. No, our, the closest thing you'd have is if – you started getting into those extra inning games before there was the runner on second. And oh yeah. Yeah. You just could tell some of those games like nobody's scoring. And then the offense starts getting desperate trying to hit a homer on both sides. And you're like, shit, I got two today. And the bullpen was going ten innings. Yeah. I think the last game of the season in two thousand nine, we went like fourteen or fifteen. <laughs> Everybody was ready to go home. And well, you know you're throwing two. Unfortunately for the Braves, they might they might have a few of these uh, bullpen games. The problem is because they're I'm sure as everyone knows they are going to be without Max Freed and Kyle Wright for. We're looking at probably at least two months apiece for each of them. I, it's not going to surprise me if Max is out till the All Star break. And Kyle Wright told me yesterday he thinks he's going to be out longer than Max because it's the second occurrence of the shoulder thing, and they want to make sure to avoid surgery, let it fully heal before they even start uh, having him resume throwing at all. So yeah. the two of them are down, you know, not throwing at all. And they're going to have to, each of them is going to have to build back up, basically go through spring training again once they're cleared to start throwing. Yeah, I, I would be less uh, worried about Max's. Maybe not, though, because the losing him, and if it's a ligament thing, then that's you losing him for a full season. But Kyle's just, when he came out of that game, um, it scared me more because he'd already had the shot. And right. like I said, you know, you get, you get one shot at cortisone and if he was old, if he was late thirties, you might just keep shooting him up and then let him right off into the sunset when it finally goes. Right, but he's, right. he's a young, valuable um, starting pitcher. So when it didn't, when it was still bothering him, then it's, it's kind of one of those things where, all right, we got to do a full shutdown. And that's what you're trying to avoid with the cortisone shot is you're just trying to speed up the process, hope it knocks it out and he can keep yeah. pitching. Yeah. I mean, the great, the good thing news obviously is each of them, if all goes as planned, each of them will avoid surgery. Um, That's certainly not a given because, We've seen it so many times where a guy, you know, best laid plans go aside as soon as the guy starts throwing again and the thing comes back and then they decide, okay, we got to do surgery. But I mean, for right now, they think each of them can heal and pitch again this year. So, I mean, if, if that happens and you could get both of these guys back in a second half, you know, I'm, I'm guessing max sometime around the break, Kyle Wright sometime, maybe August before September, you can only imagine 
where this team would be getting both of them back because they've got a, such a nice lead right now. Unlike, say, last year, if this would have happened last year, this would have been disastrous. When they were yeah, people 10 would be talking games trade behind, deadline, blow up stuff. They were 10 yeah. games behind at the end of May last year and behind a 101 win Nets team. This year, it's a very different story in the division. This is going to be a case of one of those years where you just need to win the division or, or get in as a wild card. And if you can go in at full strength, as opposed to last year when they when they expent so much energy reeling in the Mets, you know, and went into the postseason with Strider coming off the IL, uh, with Freed not feeling well, you know, coming off flu. Um, I mean, they went into it at less than full strength last year after after playing like gangbusters for four months to, uh, you know, at such a huge rate. So it could be flipped this year because the division is not – Turned out to be as tough as you thought. The Mets are having lots of issues of their own, more than the Braves, uh, with some key guys. And Scherzer, who knows if Scher- what Scherzer is going to do the rest of the year, if he's going to pitch much at all. Uh, you know, and the Phillies have not been what they we thought they would be at all. So, you know, I mean, I guess that's the good news is the Braves, so far it hasn't even affected them. You know, but we've not been very long without Max, obviously. <laughs> he hasn't yeah. taken, his turn hasn't even come up yet. Uh, to be skipped or just one time. And um, and they've pieced it together without right, you know, for much of the season so far. But their depth is going to be severely tested, no doubt. Yes. Because, you, you know, you're taking out two. You're 21-win winner from last year, the, the, the major league winner from a year ago, and the Cy Young runner-up. Yeah. If you could still do it, I mean, God, what that says about your depth. Yeah, it's – at least you like you said. At least they're playing well. Um, because if yeah. it happened last year, it'd be. I don't know what you do. You'd either have to make a trade or something, and you, there's just nobody available right now anyway. But I could tell. I could tell with Kyle, it was one of those ones where he didn't want to not. He didn't want to be hurt. Right. You know, because denial. You know what's going on, and I think that's what that that talk at the mound with um, Cranny yeah. was about. But with this team, you know, you're. You're, you're lucky to be able to look at getting these guys back fully healthy and, and still have a chance versus losing those guys. But it sucks, man. I mean, these are two really important pitchers. Yeah, Wright said that emotion was both frustration because it was the same thing again and also kind of uh, uh, this was, as he said, as he put it, the first time he's had to leave a game hurt. He's had injuries, been on the IL, but he hasn't had to leave a game because of an injury. Yeah, and he said, you, "You're a competitor. You don't want to leave a game because you got you can't keep going. You know, yeah. you'd rather you know his injuries in the past have been something that's come up the next day or it's been building or whatever. But this was he came out because he was hurt, and yeah. and he said that combination of those two things is why he got emotional out there. And uh, uh, he's an emotional guy. Some guys wouldn't. Some guys would would be in." Great pain and blow out yeah. and know they and still wouldn't cry because they're not emotional, you know. Right. It's just different. Or show, they don't show emotion. Yeah, and um, some guys just don't. You know, it always shocked me the guys that were just okay being on the DL or the IL. Right. The guy like yeah, it's a it's a blessing to have that in some sense. I think it keeps you healthier because you never pitch when you don't feel good. Right. But at the same time. You know, I don't. I don't want guys on my team that just shrug and walk out of the game or don't even try to pitch. 
You know, I mean, you want competitors that want to try to find a way. And, you know, for most of my career, if they'd asked me if I was good, I'm never going to say I'm not good. Right. No matter what's going on. And I think the Braves have a lot of those guys on the team. Yeah. 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 The Jesse Chavez mentality. You're going to keep giving me to give me the ball three days in a row. I'm taking it. I can um, throw it. Unfortunately, you know, they don't do that anymore. They don't abuse guys. You know, teams have learned, you know. I mean the 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 prices that they're paying the salaries are so large now and 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 depth is so valuable that you're going to be careful. But um, yeah, so what? As Alex put it, you know, right now nobody's trading starting pitchers in May. I mean the Chicago White Sox are awful. They've been a huge disappointment, and they got a couple of guys that you look at and go, that might be somebody available, but not in May because. Right. The signal it sends to your team. These are, remember these are teams trying to make money, so you're going to keep drawing people, bringing people out at least for a while until they start, you know, get lose interest and find other things to do as football season approaches and all that. But right now, it's baseball season and that's it. And teams are and during the summer months. Even if your team sucks, you still want to get fifteen thousand people out there and sell beers and all that. If you start trading away your That's best guys in yeah. May, you're just telling your fans, go to hell, your season ticket holders, especially. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. and they're going, I'm not buying season tickets next year. So you got to think about these things like that. Uh, even yeah, if there's realistically, still hope. <laughs> you know, you there's still hope with wild there's cards. Still hope. Yeah. In the wild card era, there's still hope. And if you got a team like the White Sox, as horrible as they've been, they still got the talent to make a run for sure to get in as yeah. a wild card. So, uh, that's just a long way of saying you're not going to trade for a starting pitcher in May. Not a good one. Not one that can help you. Could you sign Bumgarner? Sure, you could sign Mad Bum. But is he better than what you've got? Is he better than Dodd, Schuster, and Soroka? Probably not. And no. he brings a lot of baggage. He's not a he's not a quiet personality that's going to just fit seamlessly into the clubhouse. This is a guy used to being the center of everything. And, yeah, and I wonder look, how he he the Braves do a lot of that stuff that that he doesn't really you know approve of. I right. wonder how I wonder how right. he do with that going on on his own team. Exactly. How's he going to bark at other guys for you know right. for pimping a home run or whatever? What his own guys are doing it. So, and I just don't think he's a good fit at this point. And one you know when when Mad Bum was still a good pitcher at the Giants at the end, I thought the Braves should have gone to get him. I thought he'd yeah. been a great fit here in a long term deal. I would have been wrong, but now. After coming off four four years of being a bad a five plus ERA and this year a ten ERA, no, you don't bring a guy like that in that could also disrupt things. But just in the hope that he somehow flips a switch and starts giving you five or six innings as somebody putting eight innings for you, well, you got guys that can do that, and you're developing them. So don't block them for that. If you're gonna block them, block them for something good. So yeah. And we know Alex. Alex is going to make something happen as we get closer to the trade deadline. If they if they if they still need a starting pitcher, if none of these other two of these other guys, two out of the three, are not doing something, or at least one of them isn't doing something, he's going to go out and get a starting pitcher. He'll make it happen. Yeah, and that's the good news about the timing of these injuries. Is you know a month and a half from now, you'll have a pretty good feel yeah. for where you're going to be. You'll you'll have seen a lot of. Whether guys are throwing or not, you know, it, yeah. they'll you'll have been able to give them the time to fully let things calm down and start cranking it up, and then you'll get your answer of do we need to go out and make something, or is there a chance we get one or both of these guys back? Yeah, that's that's the other thing is people you can't assume that those guys are going to be out for the year because if you go out and spend a lot of money on some pitcher, or are you bringing somebody? Uh, give up a lot of prospects or something? Yeah, you're not going to give up make the trade right now anyway, even if you could. Yeah. Because you've got 
Dodd and Schuster, remember? Oh, it was only a few weeks ago that everybody was raving about them because how well they pitched this spring. I mean, they look great. So you're gonna you're gonna let those guys at least make, you know, five or six starts and see what they can do. We haven't seen enough of either of them, but we've seen flashes, especially from Dodd. Uh, and Soroka now he's knocking on the door. He's gonna he's been, you know, chomping at the bit, waiting for that opportunity. Well, they're gonna need him now, you know. They're going to need him. It might not be tomorrow, but it's going to be soon now. And they're going to have to find out if he's ready. Ideally, they wanted to just keep babying him, you know, keep letting him pitch Triple A till he strings together a bunch of stars to start scoring six innings and all that and gets more efficient. But this isn't ideal now, and you're going to need him. So he's going to get a chance to show. I think it. I think he could be a guy that, regardless of how he's throwing the ball, Triple A getting called up might wake him up. It, yeah. He might hit a new gear getting called up and, and it being official versus when you're pitching and when you've had the success he's had in the major leagues and you're pitching in AAA and you've been in the rehab grind for t- two and a half years, whatever it's been. Yeah. It's easy to just be down there. I wouldn't say sleepwalking through it, but you don't have that same adrenaline and passion for these starts as you would if you get called up to the major leagues and it's real. You know, I mean, I pitched in when I had Tommy John, I pitched in two or three games in the minor leagues and it was whatever. But the focus I had when I was finally back in the big leagues and the games counted and they're going on the back of your baseball card. I mean, it was a, it was a focus I couldn't replicate in minor league rehab games. It was Ritalin. <laughs> I wish <laughs> might still be playing. <laughs> and, and he's not been pitching poorly at all. He's been pitching well. He had one start where he gave up, you know, eight, 10 tits, but they were all singles. It's yeah. weird. All the hits he's given up down there are singles. He's not giving yeah. up a bunch of bombs. Um, so that's the good thing. And you got to think with that great defense behind him, some of those are not going to be are not going to get through. Yeah. Um, so so that he has been pitching well. You know the strikeouts to walks is okay. Um, and the stuff that is there. I mean that's the good thing. He's throwing ninety five. It's not like he's throwing ninety one and trying to get back up to where he was. So as he's far throwing ninety five and he looks good. I want to see it. Right, and he's throwing 80, 90 pitches. It's not like, you know, 70, 80, 90 pitches. It's not like he's out going 40 pitches. They're, he's not at the very start of his – I mean, he's – yeah, they would feel okay giving him a chance to see what he can do. Yeah, If that's this too. weekend. You know, um, and this week in Canada, what would that be like? I mean, you want to see him make his debut almost at home because the ovation's going to be deafening. Yeah. Roar. But if it can't be here, how about if it was in Toronto – I mean, he yeah. is a big time dude in Canada. Everybody there knows his story too. So, you know, that just might not be Sunday. the that might not be the park for me to make a have a ground ball pitcher make his debut. Yeah, you exactly. I mean, That's what I was thinking. That artificial turf, Haters Park. And I was also thinking it might be too a little too much there because he's trying. It's a different showing than what I can do with all this. You're in Canada. They hardly ever get to see you pitch. At least here, he's going to yeah. be comfortable. The place he works out. He's been he's been rehabbing for most of three years, you know, at this ballpark and all that. So, and, and I do th- I do know the Braves ideally would like to have him do it in front of the home people because they're it's going to be just an emotional scene, yeah, for everybody. So, but we'll see. I only I only mentioned this weekend because they need a starter Sunday. They want to give Charlie an extra day of rest, have him go Monday, so they need a starter on Sunday. But that could easily be you know Dodd, um, yeah, and 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 then go from there. And the other thing that plays into it this year, it's not as easy to do this as it would have been a couple of years ago because of those new rules. Uh, you you can only option a guy up and down five times. 
and they're already looking at it. They've already done it a couple of times with a couple of these guys, you know. Yeah. So you don't want to get to that five times and be stuck and, okay, now he's got to stay here, you know. Yeah, that's a lot of options, though. That's a lot. Yeah. But we're only, we're only a fifth of the way into the season. They've already done it twice with Dodd. Yeah. So, and, and Schuster, I think, yeah. So I feel like the more times you get option, though, the more spread out they get. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if but you it's keep like, coming up and, and not performing well enough, it's other guys start getting opportunities. But if, if this was three years ago, two years ago, when uh, there was no limit on it, and also when you could uh, – when you could uh, put a guy on the ten day IL, yeah, and they increase that to fifteen for pitchers just because of that, because teams like the Rays, the Dodgers, and the Braves were all using that to their benefit, using the rules, but using them expertly. Yeah. And the Braves, yeah. with their AAA team thirty minutes away, were in the best situation of anybody to do that. So, but that changed when you went, you made the pitching IL fifteen days instead of ten, you know. And uh, you limit the options so they couldn't churn through that and keep a fresh guy up here all the time. Eric, let's hear from today's sponsors. Uh, I still like the Braves' chances in the East because the lineup is so damn deep and because Murphy is, you know, playing at MVP level. Acuna is playing at MVP level. Literally, if I voted for MVP right now, I would have two Braves at the top of my ballot. That's crazy. I mean, we're almost a quarter of the way through the season. I feel like I haven't seen Murphy get out yet. Okay. <laughs> you know, I mean, every, at, at least not hit the ball hard. Every time it's like it's something up in the zone and he's just crushing it. You know, it's, it's weird. We talked about Anacuna last night, 470 feet, and that might have been conservative estimate. This guy, dude, since, since the start of 2018 when he came up, the start of 2018 – the only guy, he's got four home runs of 470 feet or longer. The only guy who's got more, Mike Trout, has got five. Mike who's, Trout outweighs him about 30, 40 pounds. It's insane. I was trying to describe to my mom last night. She asked me about Acuna, and I was trying to explain to her how powerful his hips are and how he's able to generate this, just how rare it is to have the power he has at his size. Yeah. how You, know, you just have to be kind of a genetic freak because there's – Players his size are a dime a dozen in baseball. And most of them, you know, are kind of – that's where they come up short is power. You know, maybe they're contact guys or something. But right. to see a guy his size, I mean, that ball he hit last night, I didn't see exactly where it hit. Yeah, it was hard because the cameras were trying to follow it. It was just – it yeah. was there was no context around it because he hit it to a spot where there's no people sitting or anything. Well, and like that one he hit in the upper deck in City Field, the yeah. camera guy zoomed in on the second deck. Like, this is where home runs go, right? He was like, where is it? He's like, oh, he crushed that one. That's going to be a second deck piece. And yeah. then he couldn't find it because it went and up it, in the third deck. And the guy that caught it was – the guy that caught it had the ball and went like this. Like, how did this get here? <laughs> but yeah. the other stat that was amazing, uh, Sarah Langs had this uh, last night. Again, since the beginning of 2018, he's got 27 home runs of 440 feet or longer in the regular season and postseason. That's the most in the majors. Yeah. He's got more of those than guys like Stanton and Judge. Yeah. I mean, he has he has Stanton power. Yeah. Stanton power, 50 pounds lighter. Yeah. It's insane. Judge it, it power, really 70 pounds lighter than Judge. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> and unlike those two, he stays on the field. 
now that he's back from the knee injury. He's playing every inning of every game. I asked him about that last night. I was like, do you feel that much better than last year when they had to give you, you know, he, he needed rest now and then last year. He'd get fluid on the knee. It was normal shit, but it was like he couldn't, you know, he needed a rest every week or so that seemed like he would come out of the game with some soreness and they precautionary they'd leave him they'd rest him he said it's just night and day he feels so much better than last year and he just hopes to keep feeling this great and this healthy yeah and there's guys that would have played in 60 percent of the games he played in last year yeah there's there's guys that and that's kind of what i'm talking about about wanting to be out there and, and being a gamer and he should he deserves a lot of credit for that because i wouldn't say it's embarrassing he was still playing well but when you're not yourself it's it's hard for it's hard to go out there and have people see this version of you. It probably was embarrassing for him. He's yeah. He's so elite. Yeah. And so used to being at doing things that other people can't do that it probably sucked to be mortal last year and just and how many just guys be really, just be good, really good, not great. And how yeah, and and how many guys that should have had no business getting him out were getting him out. I think that's yeah. one of the most frustrating things. You know, as my career started to wind down, and I'm there's guys that I've owned my whole career just shitting on balls in the gap. <laughs> so it's like if he comes in and he faces a reliever throwing 91 yeah. with a yeah. spinning slider and this dude beats him to the spot and he pops up. I mean, just repetitively doing that, it takes a toll on you. And he just kept going out there last year anytime he could. And there's probably, I'd say he probably played in 30 games he shouldn't have. Yeah. Yeah. And he came he back like 15 games sooner than they thought and started yep. playing every day a lot sooner than they had planned. So. He deserves a lot of credit for that. Um. And he's a big reason, along with Murphy, and along with now you got Harris healthy and he's starting to hit. Uh, Rosario's back, much closer to the old Rosario. He had another big hit last night. Um, all these guys are the reason that I think if they can get through this without the, those two key starters, it'll be because the lineup is so much better than it was a year ago than it's than it's been. This is the best lineup they've ever had, deepest. I've- I think it's the best I've ever watched. Yeah, and they are going to score a ton of runs. And now the bullpen, even though Iglesias gave up a home run last night for the first time since 2022, by the way, 42 innings without a home run. Non-save situation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, gave up a homer last night, but he he's looked really good since he got back. Uh, Dylan Lee's looked really good. Uh, now you got Colin McHugh back. Look really, really good. It's look really good mentor. Now you got him out of the closer thing. It's looking much more like regular mentor. Uh, the bullpen is deep. The bullpen is yeah. solid. Jesse's pitched well, you know, despite a, a heavy workload. Uh, you're going to get – you got uh, Nick Anderson's coming back. Uh, Yates has surprised me. Yates has actually looked well, looked much better these last few outings. So I like the bullpen, and they're going to lean on him heavy. They're going to have to. Yep. So you might have to average maybe one more inning uh, with the bullpen per night on average than you would have if you had Max going seven innings and eight innings, yeah. you know, and Wright going six, seven, eight innings every night. Instead, you might have a rookie that's going five innings, you know, in, in those games instead. So they're going to have to lean heavily on that bullpen. Fortunately, they've got enough depth there. And also, who knows, man? Like we said, Soroka might be ready to come up and, and, and be a solid starter. Yeah. Dodd might be ready to put it together. We've seen it yeah. from Dodd. He's had some good – he's looked good at times. He looked really great good. against St. Yeah. Louis. It turns out St. Louis sucks, but he looked great against St. Louis up there early in the season when St. Louis still had aspirations of winning a division. And they got some uh, good bats in that lineup regardless of how they're playing. They do. Um, so, uh, I still like the Braves' chances in, in this division, but it's going to be more of a test than we thought. I for it, it was starting to look like they were going to run away with the damn thing. You know, they might win 110 games. Yeah. I mean, seriously. 
But uh, might still, I mean, you, with their offense, you don't need. That's the that's the blessing that these young guys that are going to have to fill in have is they don't need to go six seven innings one run. They just need to eat as many innings as they can and keep the game close because this offense is just a time bomb. Even if you're down, at yeah. some point they're going to put up a four spot. And if they have to, uh, Alex, we know Alex. He will not hesitate to make a trade if they ha- if they need one. If he decides they need one, he won't do it just because people want him to right now. I mean, he is a. Uh, yeah, he's very prudent and very. He, he goes through all these scenarios and uh, and leaves no stone unturned. But he doesn't do anything knee jerk reaction ever. So as long as they can win the division or get in the playoffs and 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 and, and stay there until they get these guys back, if he thinks they're going to be back in the end of the year, he's not going to do anything foolish and get rid of a bunch of prospects in order to bring in a good starting pitcher. But if yeah, they you, need one in July, he will do it. Yeah, I mean they've really got a weather about a month and a half of yeah. uncertainty before they can either make a move or if they, they'll know if these guys are coming back this year. And Darno, I didn't even mention him. Now you've got Darno back too. So you're going to be able to rest Murphy more days because that was a, not a sustainable pace that he was playing, catching 15 out of 18 games or whatever, you know, catching every game except day games after night games, basically, and even caught a couple of those. But um, now you got Darno back, and it's like Charlie was saying, it's such a – it's so special, Charlie was saying, to be able to come to the park every day and know you're throwing to a great catcher, even mm-hmm. if you have an injury, you know, with Murphy in there going every day. But now, and, he, and even Trump, he said, you love throwing to Trump. He's a really good defensive catcher. But now you got a guy in there and up with Darno, who was an all star last year, who can also hit. Yeah. So, and Darno in the DH role thrives, unlike Murphy so far. We're, one of the weirdest things I've seen is Murphy's stats. We talked about him when they got him last year. It was, it was a small sample size, but not that small a sample size. It was like 30 games as a DH. His numbers paled next to his numbers hitting as a catcher. He hit under 200 without the same power in the DH role. This year so far, it's been the same thing, man. And I just like some guys maybe are more locked in when they're in the game and, and always in the, in the game thinking he's just maybe not used to that DH role still, even though he did it 30 games last year. I don't know. It's weird, though. Well, I mean, some guys just run a little stiff too. You know, they just naturally they cool off faster. Right, right. He's doesn't stop moving when he's catching. You know, you're, you're squatting, you're running, even just jogging up. Well, not a catcher, but you know, for outfielders and stuff, you're jogging out to your position and back. You're chasing. Yeah. You're backing up bases even if you're not getting balls. But even a catcher, you're throwing the ball back to the pitcher every time. You're locked in mentally, and you're you're working up a sweat the whole time. So when you go up to the plate, you got that full lather. And for most guys, they'd prefer, you know, obviously warm weather to play in because your body just feels looser. You lose a little tick of bat speed when you're stiff. And, you know, that's that's the difference for him between a homer and a pop-up. Sure. Uh, So far, it's just four games as a DH. Again, that's way too small sample size. Yeah, that's really small. He's two for 14 with six strikeouts, uh, two walks, no extra base hits as a DH. As a catcher, 29 games. Dude's unbelievable. He's hitting 313, 30 for 96 with nine doubles, nine homers, 32 RBIs in 29 games as a catcher, 455 OBP, 688 slugging, and 1142 OPS. He's it's unbelievable. Like this, and it's like the same highlight every time. Every ball he hits looks the same. You know, his homers all look the same. His doubles all look the same. You know, he's not like flaring balls down the line. They're just destroyed into a gap or over the fence. Oh my God, he swings like like Sight said. He's never seen anybody swing harder on every pitch than this guy. 
But I but know. it's like Colin was saying, he does that, but he's not swinging that hard at bad pitches. He's swinging that hard at good pitches. He gets something he likes. He's not getting cheated. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't have a ton of strikeouts. 19 strikeouts uh, as a catcher, 21 strikeouts total. That's not bad at all for a guy like that with that power. Yeah. it's Or 21, 21 walks, uh, 29 strikeouts. I'm sorry. That's not a bad ratio. In the, tis, no. in the game today, that's a lot of walks. I don't care if he has double the strikeouts, honestly, right. as long as he's hitting ball the way he is. Right. That's a lot of walks, though, for a, power, for a guy yeah. with that kind of power that he's shown so far. Uh, but anyway, a bigger, bigger, the bigger split last year, the one was kind of inexplicable to me. But like you just explained, that that would, could go a long way towards explaining it. Uh, and he's not a guy that's fast, obviously. He's not a big runner or anything. So when he's not out there catching, he's just got to get, you know, get ready to hit. But last year, the splits were uh, between DHing and catching. As a catcher last year in Oakland, he hit 269 with an 805 OPS. 28 doubles, two triples, 16 homers in 116 games as a catcher as an 804 OPS, 805 OPS. As a DH last year in 30 games, so it was 129 plate appearances. That's not that 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 small a sample size. He hit 179 with a 584 OPS, two homers in 129 PAs compared to 16 homers in 481 PAs as a catcher. Yeah, I think that I think there's something to it. I, I mean, obviously, it's something that you know he's probably thought about too. But right, it's that like maybe he could figure out. You know, well, it's just so much. It's it's like what we were talking about with pinch hitting the other day. You know, it, you're basically pinch hitting four times as a DH. I mean, yeah. you know your spots coming up. You know you're going to hit, but for most of the game, you're just sitting around. Chipper hated it. Yeah, you know, at the end of his career, he did it sometimes because uh, you know in the interleague games because it made sense to rest his knees and everything else that was hurting. But he hated that. Uh, DH and compared to being in the game playing. Well, what's the total? I mean, what's in a bat last two minutes? So you're playing eight minutes of baseball. <laughs> Maybe you get on base and run a little longer than that. But when you're catching, you're all you're in there for two and a half hours. You're engaged. You're exactly you're locked in more so as with a catcher, arguably than any other position. Any other position, yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, and Darno too. Before the season, when we asked Darno about DHing a lot, you know while he was thrilled that Murphy was joining him and they were going to split the catching duties, the DH part of it was like, we'll see, you know, he just didn't know what to expect, but you could tell he wasn't real uh, keen on the idea of only hitting four times and not being in the game as a, you know, as a catcher that he wasn't sure about how to go about it and all that. Boring. So, uh, you got to get a guy to, to that's at the station of his career, like a Pilar who's ready to embrace that. And like Sandoval was when he was here for that first month when he was hitting all those home runs as a pinch hitter that understands how to stay, get warm, go down to the batting cage, you know, when your spot's going to be coming up possibly to, to pinch hit, that kind of thing. Uh, and that just takes some uh, a lot of time of seeing other yeah. guys do it, talk to other guys about doing it, and actually doing it. So, yeah. And be ready to embrace that like, uh, like Pilar is. I wrote about Pilar today. And this is the first time in his career, really, he told Alex, you know, when they talked going into the offseason or in the offseason about possibly coming here, he told Alex, I'm ready at this point in my career to embrace that role. I yeah. think I still got a lot to offer because, but I know the Braves have guys that are everyday players and I'm yeah. ready to play when they need me and know that I'm going to get an opportunity when some guys are hurt, when some guys are struggling. But otherwise, you know, I might go two, three days without playing at all, without even pinch hitting. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's the battle is getting yourself, in his role, it's getting yourself ready and then nothing happens day in, day out. 
And then, you know, it's easy to kind of fall asleep and think I'm probably not pinch hitting today. And then look what happens. We need you for the biggest at bat of the game. And you've just been checked out mentally since the third thinking it wasn't going to happen. Yeah. And that's what they said that he's really been so good at this year. It's, is uh, I talked about this the last podcast at, at how uh, he's constantly, you know, going over like with Walt before the game about when he might come up. Then during the game, he's waiting when they can bring that left-hander up, you know. He's like, okay, this is it. He's got his – gets takes his sweatshirt off, his, his hoodie off. He starts to get his – got his, his bat and his glove, uh, his batting gloves and his bat, and he's and he was ready, starting to get loosened up when, it, when that spot's coming up. Or he sees a lefty get up in the bullpen – he makes eye contact with Walt or, or Snit and says, you know, I'm ready, ready to go. Yeah. And then the other day, one of those opportunities came up in like seventh inning or sixth inning, and they left Rosario in to face a lefty. So he thought, oh, my day might be over. But instead of like, you know, taking his cleats off, putting yeah. the hoodie back on, he was ready again when another lefty came up in the bullpen two innings later, and he went and hit that pinch two-run pinch hit homers that turned the game around. We ended up being a game winner. Yeah, and it's – you know, it's a. Uh... You wouldn't think it, but it's it's pretty easy to to get down in that moment where you've gotten yourself mentally prepared. I, all right, I got this at bat, and then the manager does something you don't see coming. Mm-hmm. Leaves Rosario in, lefty, lefty. You know, it's easy. A lot of guys fall into that trap of just like, what the hell? You know, why? start asking questions, start getting mad at the manager, start getting distracted with that. And then, like I said, that big at bat right. comes up, and your head's in the wrong place. And it's it's a... You wouldn't think it, you know, because it's pretty simple when you're sitting on the couch watching just to be like, oh, you might get to it later. But when you're going through all this preparation and this moment means so much to you and it doesn't come, guys yeah. really struggle with that mentally. Um, Especially like Pilar played, was an everyday player basically for like five years, six years with Toronto, then with Giants. And then, then, then he went like to the Rockies and the Mets and was going to be a platoon guy. He ended up being basically an everyday player when other guys like Ben Attendee got hurt and, Boston or, uh, you know, where it was just, there's been guys and, and Nemo got hurt. Uh, Nemo got hurt. So he ended up playing a lot with the Mets. So, and now, you know, it's a much different role. So he's got to be in that mindset of I'm good with this role rather than being frustrated and, you know, yeah. going, I should be in there and everything. I'm ready to get out of here. But uh, just looking at Murphy's uh, role, career numbers, by the way, 41 games now as a DH, 165 PA. He's got two homers and a 571 OPS as a DH. So, yeah, I think there's there's definitely something to it. You know, I'm sure he's working on trying to crack that code too. Fortunately, he's been so unbelievable as a catcher. Because, like I said, I mean, he's putting up MVP numbers right now. Is it sustainable? No. But if he goes from OPS at over a thousand to OPS and say at eight twenty, yeah, 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 nine hundred would be unbelievable. But even eight twenty with thirty home runs, my God, that and catcher. that go- and Gold Glove defense. Yep. I mean, he's playing gold glove defense right now. Yeah, and I think a lot of times you just never get a catcher that does it all. You know, I mean, you have a catcher that rakes and he's great behind the plate. You can run on him all day. A piazza. Yeah. And so you're always giving up something, but I don't I don't know where you're giving up anything with Murphy. He's doing it all. Yeah, I mean, he's like, a, you know, he's like a, I want to say Yadier Melina in his peak, but he hits better than Yadier ever hit. You know? More power, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you'd have to – there are not many catchers like him that come around. I mean, mm-hmm. there's none right now in the game except a couple of young guys look like they could be like that, you know. But as far as uh, veteran catchers, yeah, you're usually either lean heavily one way or the other. Yeah, it's hard to do it all just because catching so hard on the body too. Yeah. 
Yeah, beats you up. This is a you, you got to be a big, strong guy like this guy to be able to play every day and get beat up because he takes a lot of hits, man. Foul balls. He took a foul ball off the nuts the other day. Uh, you know, you get hit in the shoulders. I mean, you just take abuse squatting. that you, that other squatting positions for, just do not have anything yeah. to do with. You know. Yep. I mean, you're squatting for nine innings. Squatting, taking foul balls off the off the uh, the helmet. I mean, just. You you have ten incidents in a game that other positions have none. Yeah, my son, you know, my son asked me if he could catch the other day, and I was like, "Dude, you do not want to be a catcher." Yeah, then unless you have any to other be. position, <laughs> unless you have to be, unless yeah. you're built in a certain way that you have to be a catcher. Yeah, yeah. like I don't, I can't see Murphy playing any other position except the outfield. You know the way right. he runs. He'd yeah, be an outfield. Field. Well, I guess right. you could put him in right with his arm too, but I don't know if he has the range. Right, it's like Dale Murphy. You know, was a catcher. They put him yeah. in the outfield, and he did great out there. But, you know, this guy's similar type outfield I mean, body and runner and everything. Murph wasn't a great runner. But yeah. uh, anyway, guys, let's take a quick break, and then we'll finish up the show. So there's where we are with this team. I, I, I still really like their chances, but this is going to be a demanding trip. You go to Toronto, which is like Homer Haven now since they moved those fences in. It's going to be interesting to see. They moved the see. fences in in Toronto? Oh, Yeah. Oh yeah, what? they moved it. They moved them in in the off season. They tailor made this ballpark for their team now, so that went from being a pitcher friendly park to one of the most hitter friendly parks in the majors now. Who said it was pitcher friendly? Well, yeah, it wasn't even pitcher friendly before. You're right. It was like it was fair. It was it's like the it, worst park ever to pitch in. This is now the really hitter friendly park. They moved the fences in. I didn't know that. Yeah, it was a big deal. They renovated the place. It was supposed to look – I've seen pictures. It looks great, man, for, for being that old in a kind of a boring concrete dome. it's uh, yeah. It looks pretty good now. When I, when the roof's open there, it looks good, man, with the with the tower there, what used to be the CN, CN Tower. I don't know what it's called now. but Yeah. It's pretty cool with the roof open. So, anyway, you got three games at Toronto with a question mark at starter on Sunday. And then you got three games at Texas, and Texas is playing really well, man. They're surprising a lot of people. So, this is a six game grind of a trip. And then you got Seattle coming here when you get home. They're not, I know they're off to a great start, but they're capable of going on a run at any time with the talent they have. Yeah, it's a tough trip anytime you go to Toronto at any point in it. <laughs> I've yeah, always, I can't believe they moved those fences in. I, that's what always been for me one of the last places I wanted to pitch. Yeah, you get the turf and the ball turf. seems to fly, especially when that roof's open. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's going to be interesting. It's uh, what is it? I think the Braves still have uh, still have the biggest lead in the in the in the majors. Uh, let me look at that real quick. Six and uh, a half. They're they're tied. Before last night, they were tied for the best. 36 uh 36 game start in franchise history 25 and 11 they're 25 and 12 now i mean 13 games over 506 and a half game lead over the marlins just the way we thought <laughs> yeah phillies are seven phillies and mets both seven games back and the marlins without alcantara being alcantara like he was last year yeah marlins are always i felt like every year the Marlins were in the mix through, you know, early June, mid June. Yeah, a lot of times they'd be in first place. A lot of everybody's kind pieces now, man. Everybody's kind of getting their footing. I think the Phillies are they're dealing with expectations now versus right. last year there wasn't really any expectations outside of their their own clubhouses. Once you're dealing with those expectations of you went yeah. deep last year, 
you're expected to win. They didn't have Harper. I think it's going to be a lot harder season for them to, to back it up. Yeah. Uh, once they're started, once their pitching gets going, they're starting pitching, uh, you know, they're both been still shaky um, as it seems like it is every year. But yeah, right now the Braves are the only team in the division with a winning record. Uh, the Marlins are nineteen and nineteen. Everybody else is eighteen or nineteen, eighteen, nineteen, and the and the Nationals pulling up the rear, of course, at uh, sixteen twenty one, which is actually better than I thought they'd be. Um, but the Braves, yes, yeah, second best record. Uh, they did have the second best record in the majors, seven sixty three winning percentage for the Rays, and I think the Orioles passed the Braves with a. Now the Orioles are twenty four and thirteen right now, so the Braves are, yeah. So the Braves are back to uh, second best record in the majors. So you're talking about the best record in the National League, second best in the majors. So this, if you got to withstand a really tough stretch without two of your key starters, this would be the team that to be able to do it in the situation to be able to do it. So you know, realistically, if they can just play a couple of games over five hundred for the next month and a half, they should still have a uh, a nice division lead. Yeah. And I know they're aiming for a lot better than a couple of games over 500. But if they could do that, they're probably, you know, until you could get back, you know, maybe free after All-Star break, that kind of thing. That's the way they're playing. I'm not – I know they've lost two big starters. But for me, it's – I look at it and I'm like, man, if they keep playing like this, I don't yeah. care who's starting. They're going to just keep winning yeah. games. Yeah. I mean, you win games eight to six all the time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you still got Spencer Strider dominant, healthy. You still got Charlie pitching. He's turned back the clock. He shut up everybody who questioned that twenty million dollar contract because mm-hmm. it's looking really nice right now. Yeah, where would they be without Charlie Morton? I mean, he's looking good. Yeah, and uh, and, and then Bryce Elder, who's like surpassed all expectations. So, on the one hand, you're not getting what you thought you're going to get from Kyle Wright, and now Freed is joining him on the aisle. But on the other hand, you're getting a lot more than you thought you'd get from Elder because he's he's making those five starts he made against the Marlins and Nationals last year look like it wasn't just a fluke or, or the result of facing bad teams. This guy can pitch, man. Yeah, and he, he's not a for me. He's not a ride the roller coaster type of guy. Right. He seems pretty steady up top. He is. You he know, is I, a boring he, guy that's just like yep. that. Doesn't get excited. Yep. Doesn't take anything for granted. It's going to go out there, be aggressive, trust his stuff, let guys put it in play. So I ride. He gives up I'll, a homer. He keeps throwing strikes. Him. You know, I mean, he doesn't seem like he gets phased by much, and knows he knows what he knows what his strengths are, and he just pitches to him, and you know, he's going to go down his way. And most of the time, if you're aggressive and throwing strikes like that, and your stuff's tight like his, you get through some pretty good starts. And not a max effort guy that you worry about maybe getting hurt. No. So, we'll did I see. see Kenley throwing ninety nine last night? Oh my God! Last year, I, I meant to ask you about Kenley. Uh he got up to ninety nine. He was. I know he had one. He had three pitches at ninety eight four to ninety eight seven in a row. Jeez. Uh, or maybe that was what he topped out at. But yeah, the guy's sitting ninety five with a cutter, man. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's looking good. He was looking. He's turned back the clock. I, saw, I, I tried to read into what he did, and it was it was actually a lot of stretching and stuff. But he looks. He looks to be in a lot better shape. He really yeah. does. He really does. And and it's not hot yet, so that helps him with the heart thing. But you know, I think it helped him having to to, to change the tempo too, because he was so methodic, <laughs> so methodical, plotting with the 28, 29 seconds between pitches. 
being forced to work quicker, I bet it's worked has probably been good for him. Yeah. Yeah, he's, yeah he got I was, his 400, I was shocked seeing 99. 400th save last night, dude. It's for me. It's it's crazy when guys do that though, because everybody writes you off, and it's it's fun to see that. And I say this all the time: every major league player is just one little adjustment mechanically or routine wise away from being elite again. Until you know, until you hit, while Charlie's still doing it, but until you hit those late thirties, right? Right. You can do one every year that somebody comes in and has a new routine or they tried a new program. You know, there's 30 of them every spring that do nothing. But one guy, something that knew they do clicks, and all of a sudden they're throwing 99 again. It's it's It always excites me. Kenley, it just feels like he's, you know, in his late 30s because he's been around so long. He's 35, right? Yeah, right. And there's a lot of closers that go that long, you know, that because you're pitching one inning, and, you know, as long as, you, as long as your arm holds up. And, yeah, I was glad to see it, man. I really liked having him last year. He's a good dude, man. You get to know him, and, and you get to know him, and he's uh, – I mean, he's, he's got some baggage, and he can be uh, – he can be uh, rubs people the wrong way, but I liked having him around. He's a funny guy, and uh, pitched great for the Braves last year. But I know a lot of people, and me included, didn't uh, – were scratching your head when the Red Sox signed him. Like, what? But that's looking like a pretty good signing right now for them because he's pitching great. Yeah, well, I mean, and you don't know he's going to do this new routine in the offseason. Yeah, yeah, you're signing him for what he did last year, and then you get him throwing 99. It's like, well. Yeah, you assume he's going to keep doing the same thing yeah. that he's always done. Yeah, he never did not strike me as the type of guy that was going to change everything up. Right. Yeah, I'm just looking at uh, going back to what he did last night. Yeah, his, uh, he had the – he had the looking at the exit velo chart from that game, he had the <laughs> he had the twenty three or see the he had the top fifteen pitches velo he had them all in that um, game last night. There was times last year, the year before, he was throwing eighty nine. I'm gonna make sure. I mean, that, that doesn't sound right because Glacius would have been in there. No, Josh Winkowski was in there and Brian Bello. No, but he did have the three highest. I'm sorry. Brian Bella was throwing hard. Yeah, that dude came in there. He had the three hardest, though. Kinley did. Eight, uh, 98-4, 98-5, and 98-7. So, round up to 99. Yeah. Yeah. And spin rate was great. 2,700, 2,800 on the 98-4 on that cutter. Two of those were cutters, dude. 98-5 cutter, 98-4 cutter, and a 98-7 sinker. Yeah, I mean, that's what his, his fastball is a cutter. Yeah. yeah it's. But I think he's. It also Sinker. looked to me like his direction was better and his extension looked good too. And that's that was even when he was throwing ninety three, ninety four, and blowing it past guys. It's because of his extension. Yeah, here's a lot of ninety seven one, ninety seven one, two of them, two cutters, ninety seven one to to Ozzy, ninety seven one to Eddie Cutter. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the numbers are great, man. Um, looking at what Iglesias topped out at last night. I know it's not all velo; it's not his thing, but yeah, you got to go down there a little ways to find it. I don't count closer numbers if it's ninety-five. It, sh- it should matter, but I don't count closer numbers when it's not a safe situation. Yeah, yeah, I understand. I know what you're talking about. Even though last year he was in an eighth inning role, now he's geared up to be a closer. Yeah. And and that's what he was doing before the Braves got him last year from that from Anaheim, obviously, with the Angels. So, but yeah, that uh, 
Just looking at those distances, how that jumps off there at 470 at the top yesterday. Jesus, man. That guy. Uh, Colin McHugh got eight swings and misses. Hey, how about Dylan Lee, man? That was impressive. Mm-hmm. Opener, he, he faces uh, eight. He faces nine guys, get eight, gets eight outs. I wonder if they've thought about stretching him out. Two and two-thirds innings and 31 pitches. I mean, that was ideal. That's what you want right there. He's one of those guys, I think, that every pitching coach watches and thinks, shit, if we could get him for five or six. It'd be pretty nice. It'd take some time. He's a guy that would certainly do it. Anything you asked him to do, he would do. What he's been through and everything, he's just he'll do whatever they ask him to do. But you know, it would take a it would take a month to get somebody stretched out. But you could work him up to it, like last year when they moved Strider. Strider. But I tried to tell people because somebody said you could do that with a reliever. I said, but Strider was stretched out from spring training. They got him yeah. stretched out to start in spring training. They didn't move him to the to the rotation though until like June. So it was almost two months that he went. So you lose a lot of that foundation, yeah. I think. And then they kind of built him up from what went three or four that first start, built him right back up to a full stretched out, you know, within a month. So, but Is it's Dylan Lee ever started? From, was he a starter in the minors? That's a good question. I did a story on him. I should I should remember that. I don't think he was, but uh, Colin McHugh has been a starter. Yeah, well, I was thinking you could, you could if you really if you got desperate, you know, you could start just giving him two innings, three innings, four innings with Colin backing him up. Yeah. Or vice versa. Uh, Dylan Lee, early on, yeah, he was a starter. He was a starter up till uh, 2017. He made 19 starts in uh, A-ball with uh, Greensboro. The reason I like it is because he just he has tight stuff and he just makes pitches. And he's yeah. pretty efficient with his innings. You know, he's done – he doesn't really dick around. He's throwing 91, 92, but he's coming right after guys and he has that guys. good breaking ball. I don't know about his third pitch. He mixes that change up in, but – and then you make, but then you make your bullpen a lot lesser too when you take him out of it. That's the problem. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying they should do it or they shouldn't, but yeah. But it sure is an, a nice option to have as an opener that can go three innings. You know, yeah. I mean, when you got an opener that can go three innings instead of one inning, you change the whole complexion of an opener game. It's really a lot closer to being a starter going five innings than than a reliever going one, and you have to go through eight relievers. Yeah. When you got a couple of guys that can go two or three, then all of a sudden you've knocked out five innings. Yeah, and that you know that that opener thing—if you're not getting at least three or four out of them—that catches up with you so much sure. over the course of a season. Yeah, it's not sustainable at all. If you're going mm-hmm. one inning, you're using yeah. eight relievers. Yeah, I mean it's not so much the innings, but you can unless you have two guys that guys. go seven or eight every time. You know, if you yeah. had. If you got Strider and Charlie both locked in and they start the day before that, you know, but they have one bad start and you yeah. did the opener thing the day before, all of a sudden you got three guys down in your pen and you got your fifth starter going. Yeah. And again, going back to that rule, now you option them. They have to go down for 15 days. Uh, yeah. Or, or, they, or you, you come up with a phony injury. They have to be on the IL for 15 days, not 10. Yeah. They really need – they need uh, Dodd and Schuster to step up. Yeah. Or Soroka. They need yeah. they need they need two of those three, yeah, to really step up and fill in. One of them to be maybe really solid. One of them to at least you know give you five innings. Would you be surprised at all though if they gave if they called Soroka up and he just picked up right where he left off? I don't think he's going to be as good as he was uh, at his best, but I think he can come up and be good. It wouldn't shock me. I don't think he's going to be dominant, at least not initially. Maybe right. not this year. 
But I think he can be good. Yeah, I mean, he's still in ninety five, and he's and he's a he's a bulldog to use the cliche. He is that, and he's still getting that movement, man. I mean, yeah. I saw him pitch in spring training, and that slider was nasty. Yeah. So yeah, no, that's not gonna surprise me if he comes up and he's good. Right. Because we know what he's got inside, man. Yeah, I think he could start good and finish great. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right, we're going to I think we're going to find out sooner than later now. I think that they're going to be forced to find out sooner than later. <laughs> yeah. Uh by the way, you got Strider and Elder going in the first two games of that Toronto series. So, I think the Braves got a real good chance to win that to win that series regardless of who they throw on uh Sunday. Um and also the one I I, I failed to mention Orlando Arcia, dude. Wow. He's looked great since he came off the aisle with no rehab assignments. Playing great defense. Just a reminder of what you were missing without him being in there on both sides of the ball. This guy's he's a baller, man. This guy can play. Uh, yeah. And then one other stat that really jumped off the page is how much the Braves are doing in the first inning this year. I don't think it's a coincidence that the teams with the, the two teams with the, the most first inning runs are the teams with the two best records in the majors, the Rays and the Braves. The Braves are 14-2 and two when they score in the first inning. It's an intimidating lineup to go up against, and you got to kick it off with Acuna. Yeah. Yeah, you got four runs the other night in the first inning, including the Mattles and two-run homer. It's like, okay. The other team's like, okay, we're done tonight. I, I, you know what happens, too, is then the air's out of the bag. And, yeah. and the pitcher can kind of relax and pitch. Like, well, I already blew this one. Now I just got to eat innings. You know, yeah, but like I think Charlie that, did. You know, he's just cruising then, man. That mindset initially is to try to have a great start against them and try a little too hard against this lineup, make a mistake, you're getting hurt. Even with Riley scuffling later, he's still lately he's still dangerous and that then they're not going to really just pitch around Olsen to bring up Riley. And then you got Murphy sitting behind him. There's not a there's really not a spot in this lineup where you're comfortable putting somebody on base because the guy behind him, even if they're in a slump, yeah, you still know who Austin Riley is. Yeah, and even the guys at the bottom of the order, they'll hurt you. Arcia, who if it's Rosario, Pilar hits a two-run homer the other night when he's in there. I mean, Harris is down there. I mean, you know, no the year, yeah. So yeah, it's top to bottom. It's because the Braves have played have played a couple teams lately that you look at the first five and you're like, okay, I know him, him, him. Then you get to the bottom four and you're like, okay, who the hell's that man? You know, yeah. Like then you look at the numbers and they're so skimpy. So and that's where you do your work and, and yeah. that's where you eat your innings and you battle through the bottom. But the Braves, it's there's no breaks. All right, we'll talk again after the Braves play uh, the Blue Jays 3 this weekend. Appreciate it, everybody. Thank you for watching us. 755 is real. We are out. We are out.